Why do you want to fight? This is the fight game with Demond Cotton. Hello, hello, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Fight Game on 1230 The Game. I am your host, Damon Cotton. Alongside me, my tag team partner and advocate, Jared Justice. You can follow me on Twitter at Damon underscore the boss, and you can follow Jared Justice on Twitter at Jared Justice, and that's just us, not justice as if you need a lawyer. And you can follow the station account at 1230 The Game. And Jared, I say this every week, there's so much to talk about. Such an exciting show, and it's going to be jam-packed on only an hour that we have here today, but there's so much to talk about. So thank you for being alongside the ride with me. I am, man. I am here, and I am ready. And every time I hear you're open, I'm like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. And to be honest, I'm going to talk about something personal to me. Last night, I was at a concert for one of my favorite bands growing up, Kill Switch Engage. And it was a nice metal show. I got to see so many, not so many friends, but a couple of people. I text one guy. I text Dan former co-worker, I say, hey, you at the show? He's like, hell yeah, I am. I'm going to come find you. I see an old wrestling friend. I see just random people that i just known throughout my years in Vegas. I'm just, hey, you're here too? Oh, man, this is awesome. Man, and it, it's just a great metal show. This fire that used to be CM Punk's WWE theme song when he first debuted, and that was one of those moments 10-year-old me would have been having the time of his life. It reminded me of we had dinner with Jason Fitz and our boss Q Myers a couple of days ago, and Jason Fitz was the band manager for the band Perry in their hit single off the debut album, If I Die Young. And I told Jason, I was like, hey, man, in eighth grade, that song kicked ass. Like, that song was a banger. And he was like, yeah, way to make me feel old. But it's so fun to be able to enjoy these. There was a part in the concert, the, the lead guitarist had on a knee brace. He's wearing gym shorts and a knee brace and an I'm with stupid t-shirt. And it's like, yeah. That's 2007. Right. Yeah, I'm here to, I'm here to headbang tonight. And the, uh, the lead singer, he goes up and he's like, hey, you know, it's like one of those. It's the 40th anniversary of Metal Blade, the, um, the record label. Put your hands up in the air if you're over the age of 40. And you, put, and you see some hands get up in the air. I look at my buddy Dan. His hands are up in the air. Yeah, he's over 40. Put your hands in the air if you're under 40 and so many people i think he maybe even said under 30 because there were so many young people in there and it's like hey we're some cool kids a bunch of people <laughs> that are just like hey this band ruled when we were teenagers and they're still going and we're going to be out there to support them i got to thank sylvia from comp hooked it up with the tickets so man that was i just had to get that off my chest because last night i was worried as i was screaming my head off and getting into mosh pits Save some for the show. Save some voice for the show. Don't go too crazy. Don't try to hit those notes on this fire. You know, don't try to hit those notes. Don't ruin your voice for the show. So, you know, guys, I did it for you. Everyone listening, whoever you are, whether you're listening live or if you're going to listen to the podcast version, I'm doing this for you. Because I didn't want to come in today with a, yeah, guys, uh, you know, last night was a rough one. But no, save some of the voice. I held back on how hard I went. For the okay. people. You you answered my question a little bit, which was, dude, you in a mosh pit? That's gotta be scary. Oh no, you throw some, a shoulder into somebody. <laughs> there were some there was some there were some pretty big guys there. I wasn't the biggest guy in the pit, but there were some times where, you know, I was proud of myself and my footing because, you know, a lesser man would have been knocked down. Oh. There were some parts where I felt like an offensive lineman. I pancake a couple guys. <laughs> but <laughs> 
Hey, I, it was so much fun. Yeah, Jerry, you, you got to get in the pit. Oh, it, it's a great time. Oh, I've been in the pit on at a couple different uh, shows, and uh, I was in the pit for all of eight, nine seconds before I went, nope, all right, that was the one. That was the one. I'm going to go over here now. All right, now let's actually get into what we're here to talk about the fight game because so much in combat sports, I mean, just new breaking news. This is one of those where you, you got the show planned out, but something happens and you got to talk about it. WWE, they have announced their new commentary teams per variety. Raw is going to be Kevin Patrick and Corey Graves, and Byron Saxon is just going to be doing interviews now. SmackDown is going to be Michael Cole and Wade Barrett with Kayla Braxton doing interviews, and NXT is going to be Vic Joseph and Booker T and Mackenzie Mitchell doing the interviews. And for me, the commentary with the WWE, it's so important. I remember back over the summer where there were so many deals going on, and let's say football, and people really didn't care where it's just, hey, it's just commentary. I could watch the game regardless. I'm Most of the time I'm watching Red Zone anyway. But in combat sports, the commentary team, the commentary team means so much to the fans. With WWE, think about the iconic moments. Jim Ross, good God, I think he killed him. My God, he's broken in half. Those are the stories that they're telling where they enhance those legendary moments in WWE. So it's going to be interesting to see how these new teams shake out. And obviously this has to come about because Pat McAfee left SmackDown to do college game day. And he was awesome. Pat McAfee was one of the most natural color commentators, color commentators that WWE has ever had. He was that good. Pat McAfee was etching out his Hall of Fame seat in WWE already when Shinsuke Nakamura would come out and he gets on top of the announce table and he's rocking out to the guitar. Bum-ass Corbin. I mean, so many catchphrases that Pat McAfee had in just his short time of doing color commentary alongside Michael Cole on SmackDown and he elevated Michael Cole to be the guy that, I'll be honest, I think I heard Michael Cole say this in an interview, he revitalize his career put that battery in michael cole's back because when you've been doing something for over 25 years yes there are going to be some lulls yes fans are going to say hey you're not as good as you once were but pat mcafee did that for michael cole but now this addition of wade barrett now Corey graves doesn't have to do two shows a week wade barrett i love wade bad news barrett you know so he's got the chops of a former professional wrestler you know i'm not even going to say former because he is bigger than most of the guys on the roster and i would love to see him lace up the boots and tell people i've got a bit of bad news for you wow like old jerry lawler style where every once in a while it would be like wait why is jerry the king lawler getting in the ring no but wade barrett he, maybe he's 40 he's a 6'6 250 englishman oh that's delightful yes i i Okay, so that's the that's ooh, what, what type of accent are we talking? Are we talking like uh, the ori the original voice of Darth Vader, where it's this high English accent? No, deep and brooding. Oh, he's tried ooh. to do a little acting. He could definitely be a leading man. Oh, okay. I think he's too big for Hollywood. See, what I was thinking is he definitely could be the guy that at the end Jason Statham, who ran through all of London trying to protect the girl, and all of a sudden he go he turns around and goes, "All right." You're going to have to handle me now. And then Jason Statham tries to kick him and he throws him. That's exactly who he is. He's the guy that when you watch a Jason Statham movie, you're like, that guy's not that big, not that intimidating. Like, how much, how much ass is he actually kicking? Wade Barrett is that guy in real life. Yeah, no, that's, that's the dude. That's the dude that they need. Uh, they genuinely need Jason Statham to, like, 
have to do a full Jackie Chan improvised weapon fight in order to beat because the kicks and punches aren't doing anything. Yeah, he's the guy where he knocks out the regular size henchman, yes. and then you got the big henchman. Right. The one, yeah. Oh, dude. Well, I guess it's the, always that scene in the action movie where the <laughs> hero he takes down, you know, a good 10, 12 guys. You know, he looks off and he's like, oh, man, that was a big. And then, oh, this is a big boy or something like that. That's got to be said as he takes on the guy. The he I uh, genuinely love. I know it's a cliche. The punch the guy in the chest and then look up at the guy like, oh, that didn't do anything, did it? Yeah, because he's that big. But with commentary, it's going to be so fun to see because Wade Barrett on SmackDown, he's been on NXT for a couple of years now. So it's going to be interesting to see how he's going to adapt to a bigger audience with SmackDown getting almost two and a half million viewers per episode on Friday nights. And it's going to be live. Can't wait to see his reaction to Roman Reigns' long entrance as he does every SmackDown. That's about five minutes of the show right there whenever the Tribal Chief shows up. But Jared, now we got to move on to something that I talked about last week, and I got it. I don't think I got your opinion on this. There was talks. Mackenzie Dern, who was the main event at UFC Vegas 61, she said Mark Zuckerberg rented out the entire Apex, and, it's, and that's not true. And hey, everybody's like, "What's going on?" There was no media there because I, I wasn't there. And then, no fans. So what's going on? Dana White comes. He shoots back on Mackenzie Dern at one of his fighters, and he's saying, "Hey." That's not true. Mark Zuckerberg did not rent out the UFC Apex. Okay, because all I saw was a lot of pictures of just Mark Zuckerberg next to a very sparsely crowded cage. Maybe those weren't from the event, but I definitely thought this, there was some sort of like dystopian level of, it, are we going to hit the point where like, I don't know, like Mark Zuckerberg's just like, I would like to watch a football game, but I don't want all these people here. All right, well, Jared, here's the but. So Dana White was basically true on a technicality, and this is from Ariel Hawani. What I'm being told from good sources is he did not rent it out, Hawani said. Zuckerberg's presence at the UFC Apex. Zuckerberg said he was invited, and it was the UFC's decision, Dana White in particular, to close it off to the media and to the fans so that he and a couple of Facebook executives and friends could enjoy it privately. So Dana White basically just said, hey, you want to come to a UFC event? Yeah, no problem. You don't want to be bothered by all these normies. I'll take care of it for you. So it sounds like Zuckerberg just said, hey, I want to come. And Dana White did the above. You're he doing made, too much, yeah, buddy. He, yeah, he's doing too much. He went above and beyond for Mark Zuckerberg and said, hey, man, you know what? You're a billionaire. I know what it does. <laughs> When's the last time you talk to a normal person? You don't want to have to be sharing the bathroom with Elvis, who I've seen at the UFC Apex, watching fights. You don't want to have to be standing in line with that guy. So, this Dana White, on a technicality, Mark Zuckerberg didn't like offer him, you know, however many millions of dollars to rent out the Apex. He just said he wanted to come from reports. But Ariel Hawani, he's like more locked in than anybody in the fight game. So, like when I know who when I know who the report when the Adam Schefter of the the sport says something and I know who it is, yeah, I, I'm going to take that as credible. But furthermore, isn't part of the experience of seeing an MMA like event the fact that it's like a crowd that's like alive and reacting to every blow and every submission? Like, isn't that part of the experience that you want to like have? 10,000 people around you also, like, watching 
and invested in the fight? Yeah, you would think so. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's not what was happening. And even go further, I talked to um, some of my sources that work within the UFC. And not only is it, hey, Zuckerberg's coming. We got to be on our best behavior. It was also Zuckerberg's coming. So we need everybody to give us new COVID tests for the weeks. Can't be around the head of Facebook. Even, you know, COVID protocols be damn. You know, we think we're past COVID, we're post-COVID world, right? People always say that. No, no, no. Not when a billionaire is coming. We need clean tests this week from everybody. If you're going to be, if you might even sniff Zuckerberg, we need those tests. So that's just how serious the UFC was taking it. So if Dana White's going to do that to his own employees, I see why he just said, you know what? We don't, no fans, no fans. Yeah, actually, that does make, I mean, that, Follow-up does kind of make sense in a similar vein to what Mark Davis did with the Raiders, where, okay, if everyone needs to be tested, then just no fans. But that was in the middle of a pandemic. It wasn't also just, you know, hey, my buddy Jeff Bezos wants to watch the Raiders, so I'm sh- I I don't want him to get sick. See, as I say that, I with the COVID explanation that I got from one of my sources, it's I get why Dana did do too much. I did see why, I see now why he's going above and beyond for Mark Zuckerberg. Hey, you don't want to be the person that got Mark Zuckerberg COVID. That's 100% correct, because suddenly then you're going to have a bunch of Russian bots coming after you, and yeah, you don't want to be, you want to be able to be free in the metaverse. (laughs) Or maybe, I heard a joke that maybe that's what he was doing. He's like, hey man, we're really trying to get the metaverse to catch on, so I'm going to be the only person here, and you can watch it through the metaverse. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg, man. A strange cat. No doubt about that. And there's no UFC this weekend, so I'm kind of just going to be itching, like itching and fidgeting about, man, what is there to watch? I know that UFC 280, it's coming up towards the end of the month, and that's going to be one of the best cards maybe ever, the way that lineup is projecting. So we'll get into that later. But no UFC this weekend. Nothing. This is one of those rare weekends that the UFC's taken off. Ever since they signed that ESPN Plus deal, it's been, hey, we're going to give you action every weekend. You've got something to look forward to with this ESPN UFC merger. But this weekend, nothing. A little disappointing, I have to say. Yeah, that's how I. That's how I feel. Like basically that's how i feel for the like eight hours between the end of college football and the beginning of the nfl where i'm just sitting there going like i mean can can we find some cornhole can we find something you got me all hopped up i don't want to sleep i want more football because there was there was a fight on this past court at uh, at the apex that mark zuckerberg only got to see live there were two 40 year olds fighting two 40 year old heavyweights so we're talking you know two guys over 240 just going at it, and boy, did they both look like these are two 40-year-olds going at it. But guess what? Great fight. No notes. <laughs> <laughs> and when we come back, we're going to be talking about some real fighting. Is it all elite wrestling, or is it all elite shoot fighting? We'll talk about that more when we come back. This is The Fight Game on 1230 The Game. Welcome back to The Fight Game with Damon Cotton. And welcome back to the fight game here on 1230 The Game. And a topic that I've been talking about. Welcome back to the fight game here on 1230 The Game. And a topic that I've been talking about for weeks now is all of the backstage fighting going on in AEW. And it's so interesting that you've got your EVPs, 
getting suspended. Your world champion has to relinquish the title. We saw all of that happen after All Out. Talked about that with Ryan McKinnell about CM Punk. You can't say, come see me, and then get beat up. You can't be the guy that doesn't have the hands. You don't want to be the person that everybody thinks, I know you ain't talking. And AEW has another guy like that backstage with Sammy Guevara. We saw it with Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston is one of the realest guys in professional wrestling where he is the guy. Hey, man, his promos, he's not telling you a story. He's telling you about his life. And this guy, he's as real as it gets. But, hey, there's a reason why. There's a reason why maybe he's not in WWE. He doesn't have the greatest of physique. Even when he first got his shot in AEW, he didn't blow his one shot. But there was no, there was no guarantee that he was going to come back after that one-off match with Cody Rhodes. He earned his shot. And then for Sammy Guevara, when they're having their feud, he calls him a fat POS. And Eddie Kingston didn't take too kindly to that. And tried to slap up Sammy Guevara backstage. And now, Andrade El Idolo also getting into a fight backstage with Sammy Guevara last night on AEW Dynamite. And it all takes issue with an interview that Andrade had in Spanish because we know that English isn't his first language and he's more comfortable speaking Spanish. But here's a translation of what happened, of what Andrade, and what Andrade said in this interview that got Sammy so teed off. I had an issue with him because he once came to the locker room and complained that we hit him too hard. It's wrestling. Solve it in the ring. If I hit hard... Hit me hard, too. I learned that he came in and that he accused me like a little girl. After I learned about it, I spoke to him and asked if he had an issue with me. But he said he did not, and that's all there was to it. It's funny because not even in WWE. For example, Sheamus likes to hit. And all my respect for him because he loves to hit hard and loves the strikes. He is wild. Even The Miz likes to throw strikes. Not even John Cena complained about me. So if he did not complain, imagine this kid who was just starting... But there's that. And that's courtesy of Fightful. So that's Andrade, who was, I'm not going to say the biggest star in WWE. I do think that the language barrier held him back. But he was a star in WWE, in the ring with John Cena, The Miz, and Sheamus. And that's a part of wrestling, getting hit hard. So you don't like it when someone's going to be calling you out on Twitter because, oh, boo-hoo, you hit him too hard. And then this is where the Twitter fingers start coming out. This interview starts catching on. The transcripts are coming out. So this is just from a few days ago. I said it to your face. If you had a problem with me, you said nothing. I won't beat your ass because I'm a professional. Don't be scared. When I say something, I name names, and I'm not scared to get fired. Hashtag Sammy. And the one thing about Andrade is, like he said, he's not afraid to name names. He's not scared, and he's showing it because I don't think he's lying. He's not, well, obviously he's not lying because he's about that action. Sammy goes on to say, you didn't say blank to me, you liar, but here's some truth. You ungrateful, you would be jobless if it wasn't for your dad-in-law. Are you really mad at me or mad at yourself for failing to get over for a second time? Just go back to WWE like we all know you want to do and bleep off. And this is where it got good. Okay. I'm a liar. See you on Wednesday. I'll tell you to your face again, and nothing you say that you do not have any problem. I think maybe something got lost in translation there with Andrade. But we get what he's saying. And what happened on Wednesday? From reports, Andrade, he sees Sammy backstage last night. And he takes a shot at him. 
There are some reports that Sammy pushed him and then Andrade threw the punches, but Andrade was sent home. And Sammy got to main event AEW Dynamite last night. But the bigger problem here for me is that why is Sammy Guevara being so protected? He had, he's not that good to me. He's not that good for the headache that he's causing. Of we saw, hey, you're, if, you're, if you're willing to suspend your vice presidents, suspend this kid for constantly causing problems. There's got to be the common denominator factor with Tony Khan of, hey, this guy seems to be causing issues with a lot of your talent. People are getting taken off of programs. People are not getting to be in advertised matches because they all want to go and say something to Sammy Guevara because he keeps talking. And I'll be honest, if he, if he knew how to square up, maybe this wouldn't be happening. If he knew how to fight, if he had the hands, if it was like, hey, man, Sammy going to talk, but you got to let him talk because you don't want them Sammy Guevara problems. No, everybody wants those Sammy Guevara problems. <laughs> There's a cue for those Sammy Guevara problems. Man. And this is this is all back like this is all backstage. This isn't part of the this isn't part of the cell. This is no. These guys are not involved in the storyline with each other. They're characters. They've only wrestled a handful of times. There is no like because people yeah people always like to say maybe this is a work shoot. Uh man, or it's a shoot now, but you can work it into an angle. How? I'm not saying that heels can't have programs with each other, but these are two heels technically on TV, two bad guys. What would what would the animosity be between these two bad guys for you to say, hey, hey, I'm watching this on TV and it all makes sense now. But we got some more reporting from Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer. Andrade's trying to get fired. There's a few ah. there's a few people, and it's not that many, it's like three that want to leave AEW, and Andrade is one of them. Ah that that, that would make sense. Like, like that's a good way based on me going to Twitter and saying stuff, making statements uh, that sort of bring down your coworkers is uh, is a good way to get uh, sat in an office with just your boss. Here's the thing about Sammy's tweet where he's like, you would be jobless if it wasn't for your dad-in-law. Maybe Andrade does want to go back to WWE. He's not being used that well there. I don't think he, he definitely did not get hired because of Ric Flair, but he is married to Charlotte, and maybe I would want to go back to work with my wife. Maybe. I don't want to be here where CM Punk said it and his tirade that led to him being released. I'm just going to say it, but we don't know that for sure. I think he's wrestled his last match in AEW. But CM Punk said, I'm tired, I'm old, and I work with children. And this is just further proof of that. You've got Andrade, who's a professional. He's been in WWE, been there, done that. Main event in AAA, New Japan. But you got to deal with... Sammy Guevara saying that you hit him too hard. And I get it at my time in the ring. I'm never going to complain about somebody being too stiff. Because like Andrade said, you handle it in the ring. You give him a receipt. You don't have to go back and complain to anybody about, hey, well, he hit me too hard. That is something that even I would take offense to if someone said, hey, you, you, you hit me too hard. If you want to say that to me, just say it. But I don't want to hear from the boys in the back that, Hey, I think you hit Sammy too hard. Sammy said you you went a little heavy on it. What, lighten up? No. Yeah, like don't sell it? Like it, it, No, you're going to be selling it because obviously it was too much for him. Well, that's fair. But I've just like, I've never, I don't know, I've never been in a situation where it's like, hey, go easier on me. 
but not to the person I want to go easy. I just don't understand why they won't go easy on me. After I was talking behind his back, why isn't he going easier on me? <laughs> and here's some more from Meltzer. Andrade was waiting in the hallway. He got two punches in before it was broken up, and Sammy didn't fight back. Andrade did throw punches, and it was broken up right away. And Andrade was sent home. It was broken up immediately. People were there, and people saw it. So, Andrade hit Sammy. Sammy didn't try to fight back. And Andrade was sent home, and like I said, Sammy got to go on in main event in a tag team match against Brian Daniels, him and Chris Jericho, against Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia, in which Sammy Guevara gets the pin over Brian Danielson. I don't know the relationship that he and Tony Khan has, but boy, do I want that for, for all of my bosses, where it's just, hey, you caused the fight at work? Get, get that guy out of here. Where is he at? Take me to him. You're out of here, pal. I want to see you again. Demon, are you okay? Okay, okay, okay. All right. We're going to bump you up. We're going to yeah. bump you up. We're going to give you the best show. We're going to give you the best show. We're going to give you the best lines. You know what? I know this is live. I know this is live radio. We're going to get you writers. <laughs> How does that sound? Would that make it easier for you? All right. Okay. Okay. All right. After every show, we're going to bring in a cake and we're going to clap it up for you as soon as the mics are over. That's the type of coddling that's going on with Sammy Guevara. I mean, we, you got to keep certain people happy, right? Like, I mean. But Jared, I know you're not watching the product like this. He's not that, that good. good. All right. I'll, I'll try to give you the team sports analogy of, okay, he's young. He's got potential. I can't think of a player right now. We'll talk about this a little bit later with a few good minutes. Jordan Poole and Draymond Green, they got into a fight. But if Steph Curry started to take a shot at Jordan Poole, if he takes a shot at him next week, it'd have to be like, yo, Jordan Poole, I don't know what's going on, bro. But you got to be the problem. I, I don't know if you're old enough to remember, but there used to be these uh, guys who would wear fans on their back and they would like fly through arenas and stadiums. As soon as anyone, if I were with the Golden State Warriors, if someone, anyone did anything towards uh, Steph, you would see me descend from the rafters with a fan on my back, pick him up and take him to freedom. <laughs> he is not getting, he is not getting hurt at all. And then with AEW, where it's just, where it's so baffling for me because you have these reports, you've got all of this that's going on, and we've, we've basically done a full segment here, haven't talked a, a lick about the wrestling, haven't talked a lick about the in-ring product. Wheeler Yuta and MJF, where's that feud going? MJF submitting Wheeler Yuta. He's one of the best in the ring. He always says it, Maxwell Jacob Freeman. That's what I want to be talking about with AEW, but it's not as juicy. I think that the bloom is off the rose a little bit with MJF. You hold out. You come back. You have the chip. You can cash in and you can be the champ. You have a title shot whenever you want. But what's going on with MJF? He's going to be feuding with Wheeler Yuta. He just beat Wheeler Yuta, made him tap out, and he's supposed to be the, he's the former peer champion of ROH. Where's that going? Does this feud continue? But then, something that's near and dear to my heart, because there's so many weird booking decisions in AEW, but Wardlow, he defends the TNT Championship in maybe one of his best matches as champion as he took on the machine, Brian Cage. And Brian Cage is another guy that, he's not one of Tony Khan's favorites, but this was a big Hoss match. Not even Hoss like in the old WWE sense of the term of you got two, six, eight giants going at it. 
No, this is more of two six two guys that are jacked to the gills, and they don't look human. <laughs> they look like an action figure from yes. the, from the nineties. <laughs> and Brian Cage, we haven't seen him in a while, but you know he's been over in ROH trying to take care of some business. But Wardlow hits Brian Cage with a multiple of power bombs, and that puts him down. He retains the TNT Championship. But then Gates of Agony come out, the stable mates for Brian Cage with R O excuse me, with ROH, they come out and they put the beat down on Wardlow. And then Samoa Joe comes out. But Samoa Joe isn't enough. Samoa Joe isn't enough to help out his good buddy Wardlow. And then the music for FTR hits. And FTR, boy, are they over like Rover. I cannot wait to see FTR against the gates of agony mainly because my boy toa shout out to toa he's gonna be in the ring with one of the best tag teams of all time and you could just see that when you've got two guys i like they're i know you can't take the the copyright and all that stuff from wwe but just the trademark of that's a, that's a tagline there no flips just fist that tells you everything that you need to know about ftr and now they're going to be taking on a six foot five, three hundred pound Samoan, and Toa, and then Quan, the the tag team partner there, the other half of the Gates of Agony, and this guy's about six three, two forty. So it's going to be just that different contrast of styles of two guys that are raw athleticism and power against one of the best tag teams of all time, that by hook or by crook are going to get a win. So yes. That's going to be good to see Dax Hardwood, Cash Wheeler. They are two guys at AEW. They need to push them more. National Scissoring Day. Yes, Jared, I know what you're thinking. And yes, there was, for National Scissoring Day, the acclaimed and Billy Gunn. They came out and they cut a great promo, Max Caster, Anthony Bowens. Jared, oh, have you scissor me daddy ass? Is that is that... Not on your radar? No. What is this, and do I need to get the dump button ready? These are the tag team champions of AEW. Come on, Jared. No. Scissor me. I'm reaching out to you. Yes. I feel weird. Scissor me. Yeah, there you go. And that's what they do. And the crowd goes wild. And for those of you, you know, we're giving you the theater of the mind, but Jared and I actually did just scissor here in the studio. I, I would I'd really like to go to break now. <laughs> Scissoring is a handshake. Ah, Bowen's okay, let it. Yes. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, it's yeah. a handshake. I'm the, I'm the one who's making it weird. Yes. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm the one making it weird. I mean, it's like the top selling t shirt for AEW, man. And I wonder why. Yeah, good stuff there, right? Am I right? Or am I right? <laughs> That's how we're going to finish this segment off, Jared. All right. You don't want to. You don't want to do it again? You don't want to scissor one more time? All right, fine. The acclaimed have arrived. Everyone loves the acclaimed. And then you got Billy Gunn. You remember Billy Gunn, the ass man. Yes, that's so, why I'm super. I was like, I was like, I recognize that name. Scissor me daddy ass. You're so and weird. we do it. Boom. And you're not getting fired up? Is that not entertaining <laughs> for you? That's wrestling, Jared. Okay. That's wrestling. That is wrestling. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about even more wrestling because WWE's Extreme Rules is this Saturday, and you don't want to miss that. This is The Fight Game on 1230 The Game. Welcome back to The Fight Game. 
And welcome back to the fight game here on 1230 The Game. And we're going to wrap up the show with some predictions for WWE's Extreme Rules that's going to be taking place this Saturday. And Jared, are you excited for Extreme Rules? I mean, honestly, I didn't know it was happening until about eight seconds ago. It's, it's going to be taking place in the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia, the home of ECW. It doesn't get any more extreme than Philly. And you can catch that on Peacock. Ooh. I mean, yeah, you got to have that Peacock subscription. So, Jared, we're just going to break down the card. You said you didn't know what was happening until 10 seconds ago when I mentioned it to you, but we're going to pick the winners. All right. So I'll give you the backstory the same way I'm doing the audience if they're not following along either with the WWE product of all the matches. We're going to start with the women's championship match. Liv Morgan, the champion, versus Ronda Rousey, the challenger, in an extreme rules match. Now, Liv, she got the title off of Ronda, and she has been, hey, you know, what is her character? I think that more wrestlers, they do need characters. It's not just, you can't be the plucky underdog, everybody counted you out, because Ronda Rousey is a legitimate ass kicker. We know that. Maybe it didn't end that well for her in UFC, but we know that Ronda brings a certain type of physicality to the wrestling ring, and I don't think that Liv can match that, but the wonderful world of professional wrestling and what it is, I'm picking Liv Morgan to win this. I don't know where they're going to go with Ronda Rousey from here. I do like the heel turn. I'm not saying that it's, you know what? No, I'm going to change that pick because that means that she would be up like 3-0 against Ronda in this series, and no one can have that many wins over Ronda Rousey. I don't know if chicanery is going to be involved or not, but I'm taking Ronda. I flipped my own pick just like that. I honestly was going to go with Ronda, and uh, the reason was I've honestly I, I I've seen her trending on Twitter on certain nights, so I assumed something had happened. So heel turn, okay, let's do it. I like a heel turn, Ronda Rousey heel turn. I'm back in Ronda Rousey. All right, now we're going to move over to the Raw Women's Championship match. The champion Bianca Belair against Bailey in a ladder match. Now, Bailey, ever since she's come back with damage control, I mean, Bailey's been on fire. The promo work that she's done. Ding dong, hello. I mean, Bailey just doesn't miss. One of the four horsewomen, and she's been out with that injury. I think people forgot just how good Bailey was. And she's come back, she's firing on all cylinders. But Bianca Belair, she's that good. She's she's trending towards that GOAT status in the women's division for WWE. She's had this title for a while, but I don't see who's going to beat her. I don't know when Charlotte's going to come back. Maybe she could give her some some challenge on Raw. As much as I want Bayley to win, it would be good to have a heel champion. Bayley and Damage Control holding all of the belts, the women's tag team titles, and Bayley having the Raw Women's Championship. It would look great. With Dakota Kai, Io Sky, and Bailey all having titles. But I just do not see Bianca Belair losing that title anytime soon. But a ladder match, I used that word before, a little chicanery could happen. Who knows? But I'm still taking Bianca in this match. Jared, who you got? I mean, I guess give me Bailey. I don't know if are we keeping track of these picks because if we're keeping track of these picks, then I need to do more research before I come in here. But uh, well, that's your fault for being unprepared, man. Yeah, I did get the rundown this morning. Yeah, th- that's your. I mean, come on, man. 
even even during the commercial break, you could have did like a quick, hey, when we come back, we're going to be talking about Extreme Rules. You had five minutes. I was I was looking up Jordan Poole. Yeah. You're smoking a heater. Should have been prepping <laughs> for your picks. Now the next match is going to be Matt Riddle versus Seth Rollins in a fight pit match. Haven't seen this since NXT when it was Seth Rollins, excuse me, when it was Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher in the fight pit. And this one, a special guest referee. Because when you have a rivalry that's so explosive that these guys need, they can't settle it in the ring. They need to settle it in a fight pit. You got to bring in one of the best fighters of all time. DC, Daniel Cormier is going to be the special guest referee. Why are you laughing? DC is one of the best fighters of all time. Held the UFC and the UFC light heavyweight title simultaneously. What are you talking about? I don't care if he's a round ball of a person. That dude can fight. I I was laughing at more of the like, is he qualified to be a referee in WWE? Does he know all the rules? Oh yeah, he's a huge fan. Okay, DC is a huge fan. Well, that's all right. So you've 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 quashed my fears about uh, an unqualified referee. So Seth Rollins, I think I think Matt Riddle has to get the win here because it's. It's the fight pit. He's the former UFC guy. You got DC going to be the special guest referee. My dream for this would be that Brock Lesnar comes out because oh there was a point where DC, he wins the heavyweight championship. Brock Lesnar comes into the cage and he gets a little, and he gives him a shove and it's, oh boy, are we going to see DC and Brock Lesnar fight for the UFC heavyweight championship of the world. Brock Lesnar goes on to uh, fail a couple of drug tests. Who cares about that? So we never got to see it in the octagon, and Brock Lesnar did not deserve at that time. It would have been absolutely ludicrous to give him a heavyweight title shot, even if he was clean. But that's what the WWE's for. To give us those matchups that we couldn't see in the octagon, give me DC and Brock Lesnar in the fight pit next. I don't know if this is happening. No one said this. I don't think I've seen this on the tea leaves. But I'm calling for it. And if it does happen, I'll look like a genius. You're going to take credit for it. Oh, yeah. If it, like, if it doesn't happen, you're going to yell at them about, I told you what would have been they, the best. They missed an opportunity. <laughs> this is money. I don't know what Brock's doing. Call him up from the farm right now. We got some money for you. A big bag of it, too. And I'm sure he would love to work with DC. I know that DC's 43 years old. He's never had a wrestling match in his life. He, you know, he could, he, could, he could work something out. Him and Brock Lesnar... I would just tell them, hey, you guys both put on gloves and make it look as realistic as possible, but give us a UFC fight. You know what? No, no, you know what? No, just fight for real. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, there's some, there's some guy in like the insurance department at WWE who's just heard that and just went, no, 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 no. I'm sure DC DC probably wouldn't want that because he's just such a fun guy. He's enjoying retirement. He probably wouldn't want to actually fight Brock Lesnar. But I'm sure Brock would be game. Yeah. Bro, or maybe bro, just a wrestling match. I Like, you know, collegiate wrestling. That actually would be really interesting. Like, so what's, this ex- what's the extreme part of this? They're actually going to collegiately wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be excited. But anyway, Matt Riddle, Seth Rollins. I'm going to take Riddle in this. But Seth Rollins, he had a very interesting interview this week with Ariel Hawani, and where he spoke about being number two in WWE. And it's just one of those interviews I, I encourage everybody to go check it out. You know, he's talking about, hey, man, he's living in the Roman era, not being the top guy. Is he the edge to his Cena, the savage to his Hogan? 
And it's just great stuff for Seth Rollins to be open about the struggles of not being the top guy. And he's just have to put over person after person, puts over Roman, puts over Cody when he comes back, loses three straight to Cody Rhodes. And then he, he goes out with that injury, but put Cody over coming back to WWE. And now I think that he's going to have to do the job again and put over Matt Riddle at Extreme Rules in the fight pit match. Moving on to Edge versus Finn Balor in an I quit match, the Judgment Day. This has been some exciting stuff. Dominic Mysterio turning on his father. It's, it's almost weird because we have Finn Balor and Edge. You know, Finn Balor kicked Edge out of the Judgment Day. But this is more of a Mysterio storyline with Dominic turning on his father. And that's almost been the crux of this entire feud. Clash at the Castle, they had the tag team match, and Edge and Rey Mysterio won there. But I do think that the Judgment Day as a faction, they need this win more than Edge does. Edge is solidified already at WWE Hall of Famer. But the Judgment Day, you can't be the spooky, scary stable, and you just keep losing matches. They need to get a win here. But with it being an I quit match, I don't think Edge is going to quit. I don't think Edge is going to say I quit. I think they're going to have to get Rey Mysterio involved. Like, Tom's going to have to do something heinous to his father. Like, I'm going to break his neck unless Edge says I quit or something. Whatever, whatever the case is going to be, I don't think Finn Balor is just going to, inside the ropes, inside that ring, make Edge say I quit just off of the purity of a wrestling match and the skill that goes on there. There's definitely going to be something involved where Edge, maybe even his wife Beth Phoenix, maybe they get his wife involved. The, the, the word of the day for today is chicanery. Chicanery, yes. I love that word. Such a great word. You can't have chicanery. It goes hand in hand. Chicanery and pro wrestling. It goes hand in hand. Peanut butter and jelly. Ham and cheese. Give right. me another great combo. Who are you picking? Edge. Picking Edge? Nah, I'm picking Finn. Judgment Day needs this win more. We've got my guy Karrion Cross, FSW alum, taking on Drew McIntyre in a strap match. I hope it's a four corners strap match because Karrion Cross, the storyline, he's called Drew McIntyre the chosen one. And he, he's not a chosen one. He was cast aside, released from WWE, and he's come back, and he's just been attacking Drew McIntyre, mainly from behind, mainly, <laughs> mainly when, Drew from behind. when Drew McIntyre isn't expecting it. So now, with this strap match, these guys are going to be tied together, and Karrion Cross theoretically, isn't going to have anywhere to run. Last Friday, we saw a botched fireball spot. Jared, you would have laughed at this. Karrion Cross is um, valet. His wife, Scarlett, she's going to throw a fireball into Drew McIntyre's face. It doesn't land. But guess what the next best thing is if the fireball doesn't land in the guy's face? A low blow. Oh. Just as good. Do they still do the thing where they, like, ring the bell whenever a No, low this blow. wasn't a match. He's always attacking them from behind. They, this is going to be their first match oh. together because he just he's just been attacking him from behind. And I know that Drew McIntyre... He is one of the top baby faces on SmackDown, but Karrion Cross needs his win. He needs to look strong in his first pay-per-view on the WWE main card. We know he was the man in NXT. He is definitely one of Triple H's guys. But I'm, I'm just rooting for Karrion Cross also because, you know, hey, got to support the homies. Karrion Cross <laughs> taking on Drew McIntyre in the strap match. I'm taking Karrion Cross. I agree. Got to support the homies. <laughs> And now we're going to move on 
to just the way this card shaped out. I know this isn't going to be the main event, but the Brawling Brutes versus Imperium in a good old-fashioned Donnie Brook match. I really do not know what that means. Every match has a stipulation, so kudos to WWE for every match having a stipulation. But I really think this is just the Irish version of a Chicago street fight or a Philly street fight. But they said, hey, we've got the faction from the UK against the other European faction. Oh, Jerry, you're looking at me confused. But yes, the Brawling Brutes, you have Pete Dunne who is from England, Seamus, Ireland, and man, wow, I'm really blanking. Rich Island, I also want to say he's just English, you know, just from London, just from the UK as so well. They're just putting all the foreigners against each other, yes, kind of. and you have Imperium, you have Gunther. Ah, Gunther is a good name. Austria? If I had to guess. Yeah, and then Marcel, ooh, I re- man, I'm really blanking on these countries. Giovanni Vinci, Giovanni Vinci, he's from Italy, of course. You don't get that name. Even if he wasn't, you get that. If you are named that, people are going to assume, so you might as well lean into it. Yeah, so here we go. Ludwig Kaiser, Gunther, Giovanni Vinci, Imperium, taking on the Brawling Brutes, Seamus Ridge, Holland, and Butch, in an Irish Donnybrook match. Jared, who are you taking? I mean, I guess as an Anglophile, I'll take the British guy. Nah, dude, I'm taking Imperium. Okay. I'm taking Imperium. Gunther. This guy, this guy's intimidating. You know what his big move is? He chops your chest. That's the... That's it? Yes. I do like a simple finishing move. That's what strikes the fear into his opponents. And we're running out of time, Jared, so we're not going to do the imaging. Okay. But those are our picks for WWE Extreme Rules this Saturday. You can check it out at Peacock, 8 p.m. start time on the the East Coast, 5 Pacific. Now, Jared, a few good minutes. We alluded to it a little bit earlier when we were talking about Sammy Guevara, and no one should have this much protection. I, I was trying to think of a player comp for him, and I said Jordan Poole because... Draymond Green tried to fight Jordan Poole at practice. The defending champion Warriors, maybe not everything's so good in paradise. Sham Sarania with the reports there. But here's my, here's my favorite part of the report. This is one of those, I don't know if I got ball sacked or not, but I saw it on Twitter, so I'm going to roll with it. <laughs> I don't know if I got ball sacked. <laughs> Jordan Poole ate the punch. You know, it's broken up, but he continued to practice. He, he, he finished his workout. That's guts. That's moxie. I mean, you'd have to. And no, I think if you get punched in the face, that's like the I get to leave work. I think that's the ultimate I get to leave work card. It'd be like when you when you threw up in school when you were a child. It's like, oh, I threw up. Like That means I automatically get to go home, right? Call my parents. Getting punched in the face as an adult is the ultimate. I'm yeah, going guys. home. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Well, no, that's, that, that is fair. The biggest thing, my biggest takeaway from this is at least Draymond Green punched him in the face and not where he normally punches and kicks people. For people that don't know, that would be the genitals. <laughs> yes, he normally... <laughs> then I would say, yeah, Jordan Poole gets to go home. <laughs> if Draymond Green reared up and hit you in the gentleman's area, yeah, you get to go home. 
Actually, stop by the nurse on your way home. But with Draymond, and it's just that they were verbally sparring, is what the reports say. So I wonder what Jordan Poole said to him that really ticked him off. Because as we know, Draymond is one of the best talkers in the league. I Can you be one of the best talkers if, if every time it escalates to something more? Like, yes, you're, you're, you are probably right. He probably is one of the best talkers in the NBA but at the moment. But at the same time, it's like it always escalates, dude. Like, it's not like those old stories where Michael Jordan goes bet and just goes nuts on you because you said something. It's, all right, I'm talking, you're talking. I don't like what you just said, even though I was talking. Now it's going to get physical. I let my favorite tweet from this where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that these are all, this is a made up. This is not what happened. But my favorite tweet is Jordan Poole called Draymond Green triple single. And that's what set him off. <laughs> the, the, the theory I got was that he's the, you know, he's looking to try to get his new contract. And so he's been practicing with more swagger. And Draymond took offense to that. No, I get I get exactly why the fight happens because you're Draymond and you're like, hey, this is how we do things with the Golden State Warriors. Don't get too big for your britches. We got a dynasty to try to run here. And then in Jordan Poole, I'm not saying that he's being selfish. I'm not putting any words in Jordan Poole's mouth. I wasn't there. I do not know what happened. But he's probably feeling himself a little bit. He's like, hey, man, we won a championship, and I was a big part of it. Right. He's but- not trying to play that role. He's not trying to stay in his lane of, hey, plucky guy off the bench. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm an integral part. We're not a big three anymore. We're a big four. I would almost say, no, you're still a big three. Draymond, you're you are uh you are you're the Iguadala now. Oh, you're a supporting character. Yeah. You and Livingston can uh, you know, you do your stuff. We'll uh we'll handle all these uh And I wonder where was Andre Iguodala for this. I mean, you're supposed to be the leader. You're coming back for one more year. You're supposed to be the guy that stops these things from happening. But we're out of time today and it was such a good show. I mean, we got in some UFC, some WWE, some AEW, Draymond Green fighting. I didn't even touch on this, but I'm going to say it out the door. Spence Crawford, when's it happening? I mean, my cousins, we got to rearrange flights now. I'm sure they never booked him in the first place. But now what's going to happen with Spence Crawford? Man, so much to talk about and so little time. But thank you for listening. This has been The Fight Game on 1230 The Game. Stay safe and protect yourself at all times, everybody. <laughs>